Welcome to Clark County Today. I'm your host, David Medor. Our guest today is Michael Langsdorf. Michael is a survivor of a train accident just two weeks ago. That's correct. Michael, you're sitting here in a, in a brace, and you survived that. <laughs> First of all, this, this happened right here in Vancouver. It happened on 105th Avenue, just north of the Columbia River. And this is, so that people understand, there is a, railroad, a set of railroad tracks that runs parallel to Evergreen Highway between Evergreen Highway and the Columbia River. Yes. And there are, are a number of private crossings that are, there's no protection on those crossings, there's no, no warning on those crossings, and the responsibility is for drivers to look left and right, make sure there's not, no train coming, and then hopefully cross safely. That's correct. And you thought you did that that day. I stopped at the stop sign, looked right, looked left, didn't see any train at all, started out of the tracks, and heard a whistle and hit the accelerator as I was looking right. So this was at uh, September 19. At about 5.30 at night. 5.30 in the afternoon where the sun was low on the horizon. That's correct. You, appro you approached the railroad tracks and you actually have a, have a little incline onto the railroad tracks. You looked left, you looked right. With look, the sun, look sun right and then look left. Okay, and the sun being low in the sky, you had a surprise at the very last minute. You thought you were, things were clear, and uh, the the train was hiding in the in the sun. That's correct. And that train was moving at seventy miles an hour. The conductor, the person who was running the train, said he was traveling at seventy miles an hour, and he was able to lock it down and get to maybe sixty-three when he hit my car. And lock it down. It was, he put the brakes on. Everything put the brakes just started. On as soon as he saw me. Trying to, you, but you're, there's no way you're going to take a 70 mile an hour train on short notice and stop. Okay. So he could reduce the speed to 62 or 63 miles an hour. You thought it was clear. You heard this train uh, whistle. Horn, whistle. Whistle or horn? I'm not sure which one. Did you have your window down? Uh, no. So you heard it right. I mean, it must have been a shock. So it, immediately you heard that, and what was your first reaction? Hit the accelerator now. So you hit get the accelerator. So get off the tracks. So yes. you were already on the tracks at that point. Yes. And you hit the accelerator, and then what happened? I don't remember. All I know is I woke up about 10 minutes later and looked at, tried to see what I could see, and it was all white. And all of a sudden I realized it was textured white and it was an airbag that had exploded after it got hit. Lifted it up, stood outside for a second and everyone came up and said get back in the car and I did. And then the ambulance people came up, picked me up and took me to the hospital. So the train hit your car? Yes. And you uh, have a couple of pictures. If we can bring the pictures up for a minute, uh, we can re refer to those. Uh, this is a, that's a, uh, a 2006 Lexus. 2006 Lexus. And you the, the train hit the right behind your back door. That's correct. On the driver's side. That's right. And spun your car around, threw it off the tracks, ended up plowing it into the side of a mound of dirt there next to it. It's an embankment there, a dirt embankment. I see we have a uh, spare tire that came out from underneath the car in the bottom right corner of that picture. Yes, it was uh, about 20 feet away. And so that uh, you you lost consciousness. You woke up with an airbag on your face, stepped, opened the car door, and the car door is still open normally? Well, it was sort of sprung. Okay, so you pushed that open. You got out of the car. 
Did you realize you got hit by a train at that point? No. What did you think? I didn't know. You were just kind of disoriented? I was very disoriented. And there were people already, already there. In other words, if there were people already there... They had to what, come from quite a ways away. Ten minutes or so must have elapsed. You were sitting in that car, unconscious. Had the train stopped at that point? Uh, was the train, do you remember the train being there? It stopped about, uh, about Ellsworth. No, not Ellsworth. Um, probably at about, uh, I don't know, so before, the, on the other side of I-205. So the train completely passed and the train and the tracks were clear yes. where you were at that point. So yeah. they were still, I assume, trying to stop. It was an Amtrak passenger thing, so it had an engine and two passenger cars. And so it was a relatively short train. Yes. And is it, we can refer to that other picture. There's, there's two, two pictures. I, I can't imagine getting did you hear it? Did you, I mean, did you hear the impact or anything? You just simply lost, God. you were just like, a, a I, I, the time is gone. Yeah. I thought you I just woke up. And yeah, people were there to help you and then did... They told me to sit back in the car immediately. And you did that? And then the ambulance people came and they tore the, the door apart because it was so tight of a thing to take me out on a board. And they put me then in an ambulance and took me to Southwest Washington Medical Center where they did CAT scans and a few other things and discovered I had a crushed vertebrae and whiplash and a lot of sore muscles. And yet you were, and so your condition was, what, satisfactory? I don't know. I spent the night plus some extra time in the hospital. And your wife showed up? My wife showed up at the hospital. Can you imagine what it must have been like for her to say, well, your husband's been hit by a train. He's in the hospital. And yet you were there and you, you uh, did you feel pain? Yeah. So you're, just sore muscles and... And a whiplash. Yeah. And, uh, and that was September 19. This is October 3. Two so weeks ago today. Well, did that change your life? Yeah, I think so. How? Um... I think that now my someone's given me the opportunity to face things in a different way and maybe to try and help others a little bit more than I have in the past. I would think that near-death experience, you feel like you've been given another chance? Yes. Okay. Well, one of the, th you, you have a problem-solving nature. You're, in a, you're a, an attorney with lots of experience. You're a good guy attorney. Well, I I've, hope so. I've, I've got to know you a little bit be, uh, before this, this interview. And you like helping other people. That's always been my goal, is to help other people accomplish their goals. And yes, and one of those goals is to make sure that other people don't end up getting hit like you did. That's correct. And so not very, was it this, this previous Monday? This past Monday. You went to the city council. And asked them to look in very carefully at the statutes in place because Burlington Northern, which is owned by a guy by the name of Buffett, who's Warren one Buffett. of the richest men in the world, mm -hmm. uh, they own the tracks. They control how fast Amtrak can travel on those tracks. Mm -hmm. And so I suggest to the city council that if we don't allow cars to travel more than 35 miles an hour through a residential area, we shouldn't allow a train to travel 70 miles an hour through a residential area. Mm -hmm. And that they should change the laws in the state, in Clark County, or at least city of Vancouver, so that in residential areas, they should not be able to travel at that speed. So the safety is, is a concern. And yeah, because there's lots of kids that could walk out on that same track chasing a ball 
and not realize where they were, and it's very easy to be killed. It is. In fact, uh, there have been a number of people, pedestrians, that, that have been killed along those tracks. The railroad, when people think of railroad crossings, they think of these arms that come down, the flashing lights. But in this case, there, were, there was none of that. There's none of that. And there have been a number, there are a number of these small, unprotected private crossings. Uh, I, I guess some are private, some are not private, I don't know. But the idea the, is that we have these crossings with trains that are moving at 70 miles an hour in a residential area with no crossing arms, no warning lights, and this is something that's been that way for years, but these homes and the growth in our area has really slowly made this a very significant problem. Plus the fact that trains, when these ordinances were originally written back in the 40s, mm -hmm. didn't travel 70 miles an hour. Now they do. And so we have several choices here. If we're going to ensure that other people are not going to get killed or seriously injured, normally people, if they're going to get hit by a train, it's just, you're talking about death. Yeah. It's, you're, it's amazing. You're sitting here able to tell about this story and want to be able to help solve this problem. So you could either make sure that all of these crossings have arms that come down and flashing lights so that that warning will keep people off the tracks. Uh, but that still does not take care of the pedestrian problem. People can walk across and not realize that you've got a train that's moving along at a very high speed. So it sounds like one of the corrective actions ought to be to reduce the speed of the train to at least whatever the speed of an automobile in that area is authorized to travel. That would be my idea. 25, 35 miles an hour within the city limits. That's correct. That's what I tried to find out what those speed limits were for Burlington Northern, and they refused to give me that information. Well, if, if the train normally goes 70 miles an hour, it sounds like the, the li limit there is 70, which I don't know if they ever go any higher than that. I don't know. Uh, so that does sound like corrective action. So how do, how do you go about that? You appeal to the city. Yes. The city would normally respond to that and, and go through some measure to evaluate what can be done. That's correct. And so the reduce the limit is one of those options. Yes. And the other option is to make sure that wherever we, it makes sense to put these, these uh, crossing guards, these arms that come down, the flashing uh, gates, uh, so that people are kept off the tracks or instead of driving across these. I would say both those things are probably mandatory if we don't want to read about it in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Plus, I think the city of Vancouver potentially has a liability issue since they have allowed Amtrak and Burlington Northern San Francisco to go through their city mm -hmm. at the speeds. Mm -hmm. So they are potentially facing litigation in the future. Which, anytime we are aware that we are negligent in allowing a dangerous situation to continue, we become responsible for that. I so think that's true. The, the, the responsibility is to take care of the problem. Now, this is at, this is at 105 Avenue. It's 105th Avenue, which is about seven blocks to the west, west of, the 205. of the 205 bridge. We just recently... Uh, had a, a story interview with Car Kathy Marshak 
which I believe is a crossing at 144 or 147 Avenue, okay. which is a little bit more to the east of that. Yes. And a very similar situation there. You have a pr unprotected private crossing where the train, that same train, zooms through there at 70 miles an hour. And that whole stretch, that, those tracks run parallel to, that, to Evergreen Highway. And so this is something that we really ought to be taken care of. Yes, and it's all within the city of Vancouver, so the city of Vancouver would have the ability, anytime Burlington Northern came in for, as an example, they just did the change of the access across Burlington Northern on 39th Street, so there's an overpass, they have to get a building permit to do that. At that point in time, the city could say, okay, you want the permit? This is what the new rules are going to be. Sure. The city didn't do that. Okay. Has anyone in the, in the city responded yet? No one in the city has responded. Okay. Uh, you I would hope that the city attorney, Ted Gaethy, would look into it and get back to me, but he has not done that. Sure. If they do, we'll see if we can add follow-up with the story on this. We'll, in our printed section uh, for this story, to see how responsive the city is. Uh, this sounds like it ought to be a priority. Yeah, I think it should be because, you know, I got lucky. I mean, the guy up there was watching over me but the next person may not be as lucky. Yeah. And uh, that's why I went there. I just was very concerned that, you know, you don't think of these things happening unless it happens to you. And then all of a sudden you realize you're very lucky. Mm -hmm. Someone else may not be as lucky. Yeah, yeah. And when the city could force the issue, if they just desired to, then they could protect a lot of potential accidents in the future. And that's what I was concerned about. Yeah. And it normally takes time to make changes like that. So one of the key things that people can do is look two or three times, really look, before you get on that track, before you cross. But uh, even then, I don't so think it would have helped it. because even if I'd looked to the right two or three times and to the left two or three times, it's not something that you accelerate across like it's a crossing inside downtown Vancouver where it's level. You're going up and then over. and. I don't know. I, I don't think it would have helped anymore if I looked two or three times either direction. Well, wow. it may have because the train would have been there by then. You're probably right. Wow. Well, we have a problem to solve. Hopefully, we'll, we're wiser for it. Any other things you want to share about this accident or about your life being spared? Uh, I think I would have worked more for the guy upstairs than I have in the past. So your new realization that your life is a gift has motivated you to make your life here count. That's correct. So you're on assignment? I'm on assignment. <laughs> I'm his tool. To make the world a better place if and I, if fulfill I can. your commission. If I can. That sounds like wise advice for those other individuals who don't necessarily have to get hit by a train. It's a good idea for them <laughs> to do that as well, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, hopefully we'll correct this so other people won't have to suffer through what you have suffered through, and you recover quickly, hopefully. You well, get that brace taken off. Well, if you think about it, children play with balls all the time. Yeah. And very easily a ball could go down on one of these crossings, and the kid's coming down to pick up his ball. He's not going to look for a train. And at that speed, the train master could not stop it. Yeah. So parents need to make sure their kids are very careful. Those kids with bikes or whatever, they bikes, could go into balls, areas they yeah. don't know. So, parents beware. Parents beware. Okay. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you, Michael.